This is Shift Run Stop, a fun podcast about games and cultural stuff and comedy and interviews. Yeah, we should. Um, I was thinking we should make it easy for ourselves by like counting down and then clapping simultaneously or something. Yeah. We can do that, we can do that. Um, let's do that, okay. let's do that. Three, two, one. <laughs> two, one. There you go, that will help. Oh, I clapped multiple times. Perfect. I was applauding you. Oh. <laughs> How do I know which clap to go for? Three, two, one. Oh. <laughs> I think I'm tired. Shake your tail at me. I've got a few things that Shift Run Stop has been around for the same amount of time as. I oh, mean, it's fine. not a feature. It's, <laughs> it's, it's facts. <laughs> <laughs> it's difficult to turn it into a yes-no, unless I throw in some, um, mm. some made-up ones. Um, <laughs> and, yeah, and I did a, a very brief brain dump with you about things, the things that are different with me than two years ago, including being a vegetarian. Why didn't you tell me that it's good? Why, oh, well why done. did you not suggest it to me? <laughs> well, you just love meat so much. I didn't want to <laughs> deprive you of your great pleasure in life. So what brought this about? That's a great step. Well, I don't know, really. Rachel and I both um, decided just before Christmas that we would try it. And with mm. uh, in the same way that last year, between Christmas and Easter, I didn't have any chocolate. Mm. This year, I think we were, we were sort of in the mindset of, we'll give it a go, see how it goes, and, you know, not, not taking it too seriously. Mm. And... Um, obviously close to easter now and i was thinking to myself last night am i missing it would i actually eat a, a i don't know a roast chicken if, if one was offered mm-hmm. oh, i don't think i would i don't think i am missing it at all i'm really enjoying vegetables it's very odd i wouldn't have guessed that a year ago yeah i'm i'm thoroughly enjoying it have you got any vegetarian kind of meat substitutes that you're um, you'd recommend for people Vegetables, mostly, yeah. Just Eat a vegetable. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I, we've, we've not replaced meat with other things, although I do see why, you know, like fake bacon and fake fake burgers and stuff, I, I do see why society has a place for those. But I've always thought that that's cheating, really. I think you, you just, like, find other things. What about you? Like, have you been a... Um, you've been a veggie food for a long time, I think. Yeah, yeah, since I was about 15. Um, but I, I do have fish, so I'm not really a great vegetarian. I don't have that much fish, but um, I will have it still sometimes. Um, but no, similarly, I don't. I don't really have many meat substitutes. I mostly just have vegetables and sort of dairy and things. Um, and I'm trying. Mean, it's quite easy to get into a habit as a vegetarian of just eating really unhealthily as well. You can just go, oh, I'll just have a pot noodle. Oh, I'll just have some more crisps. Yeah, there's um, a lot of vegetarian-friendly snack foods, isn't there? There are. <laughs> Almost yeah. everything that you want to eat that's fatty and tasty and you sugary. You sort of think you're being healthier, and then you realise that you're actually just eating rubbish junk food as well, um, yeah. which would be, yeah, be healthy just to have some actual bacon or something. But, um, <laughs> but no, it is. And, and I think once you appreciate the deliciousness of vegetables, then there's no going back, is there? You just go, oh, actually, this is really good. It's really tasty. And the mm. textures and the flavour, like mm. a, a good vegetable curry or, I don't know, a, a lasagna made with kale. I don't know. It's lo- those are mm. things you can eat. It's brilliant. Excellent. Do you feel healthier in yourself or anything as a result? Or just you're just enjoying food more? 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I'm relatively active and I do a bit of running and a bit of cycling. So I think I would have noticed if I wasn't able to do the things that I used to be able to do. So I don't think I'm less healthy. Uh, but equally, I don't think it's kind of turned me around and made me a, a new person. I watched um, a documentary, you might have seen it actually on Netflix, called, called what's it called? Very vegetarian um, propagandist piece. Right. It's, um, no, I don't have Netflix. The Game no. Changers, it's called. Okay, all right. And uh, yeah, listeners may, may be familiar with, with The Game Changers, which is very, very pro-vegetarian mm. um, documentary. And it sets out all sorts of benefits that you might see over the course of being a vegetarian. I don't think I've spotted any of those, but yeah, it's cheaper. It's definitely um, it's saving us a lot of money when you oh, go to the good. pub and you have vegetarian options rather than meaty options. Noticeably cheaper, although obviously not going to the pub as much as, as we were. But um, that was uh, that was fun when we got to do that, and just yeah, in in the shopping bill generally. And um, yeah, I think it's um, I don't know. I think I could convince myself that it's given me a bit more vim and vigour and energy but I don't think that's true I'm in computers I'm in the mainframe I'm in your headphones come shake your tail at me where do we find you today then Leila where are you in, in this oh, uh, in this recording I'm at home. I'm in my um, as as the as is legally correct. Um, I'm in my loft in my office, which is a um, I converted my loft into an office space for myself a couple of years ago. And um, quite often, I just won't bother coming up here because it involves climbing up a ladder, and it's just a little bit um, out of the way and a bit of a faff. But the last couple of weeks, it's been an absolute godsend. I'm like, hang on, I've got a three-story house. I can use that. Stay I can up use there. that floor. I'll just use that. I, yeah. I thought you were going to say the opposite. I thought you were about to say, uh, quite often I don't bother coming out. I'll just stay in the loft all the time. Right. No, no. But I thought that's what would happen. I thought that's... You know, I was thinking about... Um, you know, in... Uh, is it Jane Eyre with... Um, um, the uh, birth... Is it... What's her name? Bertha in the loft. The You know, the... The, the mad wife who lives in the loft and is revealed Mr. Rochester's wife, isn't it? She's, yeah, the mad know, woman like, in the attic. Yeah, yeah I'm with yeah, you. Yeah, that, that trope. And I was thinking maybe she just got a loft conversion and then she was like, <laughs> she I'm just it. staying here. Yeah, because it's, it's nice. really nice. But for a while, it's really nice. And then you sort of forget and you can't be bothered to go up the stairs and you end up just working in the kitchen again. But um, it's, yeah, it's given it a new lease of life. So I've been up here a lot, um, yeah, in the last few weeks, which has been really nice, actually made good use of it. But so yeah, but I understand that you're, you're saying about wh- where am I at the moment. But I understand mm. that you are now newly working from home when you don't usually do you. Yeah, I don't. I don't prefer to work at home. My mm. house is fairly small, and it has uh, a woman and a six-year-old boy in it, as well as me. <laughs> and that's that's just you know that's just reaching capacity for a small two-bedroom house. That's that's you know you wouldn't want mm. any more people in it than that. We're thinking of adding a dog to the mix. I'm not oh, totally God. sure how that's going to work in terms of size and space, but. Um, yeah, at the moment, uh, I'm definitely missing getting out of the house and going to the office. Yeah, yeah. I'm currently working in a little corner of the kitchen with my back to the fridge. It's all quite cramped in there. So um, mm. at the weekend, we set up a tent in the garden. And uh, I'm recording at the moment. Shift Run Stop Towers is your attic and my tent in the back garden. Love it. It's great. You might hear a bit of rustling from time to time and maybe some bird noise <laughs> as, uh, as things move around. It's how, lovely. How big is your tent? Is it one of these ones that a, a normal sized human can stand up in or is it like a sort of um, you know, what are they called? Bivouac or whatever, the sort of the ones they uh, have on the side of mountains? 
It's somewhere in between. It looks right. like it should be hung off the side of a mountain. It's like a dome tent. Um, OK, yeah. Probably sleep four people who loved each other very much <laughs> or two people who needed a bit of space. Mm. Um, I can only just lay down in it. It's kind of square in... Um, uh, yeah, it's kind of Footprint. square. Mm. Footprint, that's the word I was looking for. So if you were to lay me down in either direction, I'd, I'd probably mm. go end to end. My most comfortable position would probably be diagonally. So I think this is really a tent for one, for, for one very tall man. It's got a little sort of kitchen section, but the, the main bedroom compartment is quite, quite cosy. It's, uh, it's a, a good few degrees warmer than it is outside. Nice. And we've had snow the last couple of mornings, oh, so blimey. I've been sat yeah. in the tent while it's been snowing. It's been very pleasant. Wow. So you're actually working in the tent. You're using it as your office. Well, no, mostly just getting a bit of a uh, bit of me time in the tent, right. a little bit of a uh, bit of quiet, peace and quiet. Sit in the tent yeah. for a few minutes, have a breather. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's nice. I've seen I've seen parents tweeting stuff like, um, uh, "How long can I get away with sitting on the toilet for?" Before <laughs> <laughs> like it's a little bit like that. <laughs> yeah. So Oliver really likes the tent. He oh, very much enjoyed on Saturday coming in and playing in the tent. And uh, ever since then, it's been a little bit of tranquility. Mm. Little tranquil, tranquil, <laughs> little tranquility tent that anyone can escape to if they need to. So it may, sweet. it may just be up here for the duration. Now we may find that it's, uh, it's, it's not something we want to remove from our house. Yeah, yeah, it's a great idea. And and also, if any of you get ill, you can have the quarantine tent and just the quarantine tent to, to live in it. But be very handy. Yeah, I was saying to you, you should watch um, um, Parasite because there's a tent in the garden in that that's sort of instrumental to part the plot. I really want film. to watch it, so don't yeah, don't, no, don't spoil it for no. me or anybody else. But I think it was on one of the many things I'm subscribed to for about a week, and then it went away again. Mm. I might mm. have dreamt it, but I think I had the ability to watch it, and then it's now vanished, and I can't uh, I can't find it again. So I need to wait for it to come back round. I suppose it's probably it's not really worth recommending things that are or have been on in the cinema at the moment, but. Um, might be tricky, but I'm, yeah. I'm sure it will, as you say, it will come around. I'll be able to get it on some streaming service or another. I subscribe to Disney Plus, which uh, oh, yeah. means that I can now, like Lee, watch all of the Marvel comic yeah. book universe films in order. I'm sure that's... Uh, I'm, I'm oh. oh, I'd love to ask him, actually. I should ask him whether he's subscribed to Disney Plus just so that he can <laughs> have them again in another... Another version. I'm, he must have all of them already, surely. Do they literally have all of them, then, on Disney Plus? I haven't checked, but oh. it's got a very long list of uh, Marvel films. It seems to have all the Star Wars films, which is cool. Um, it's obviously got a lot of Disney stuff, as you'd expect. Yeah. Um, and it's got Simpsons. It's got 30 mm. series, which I think is all of the series of The Simpsons. So um, I'm tempted to start watching The Simpsons from the beginning. I would, I would expect Lee has it then, because he's a massive Simpsons fan, isn't he, Lee? So He would want both, wouldn't he? Yeah, He'd want The Simpsons yeah. and The Marvel stuff. Yeah, I think we're all sort of learning different ways of coping and dealing with things. And uh, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely stressed me out a fair bit in different ways over the last couple of weeks. So yeah, we're. I mean, what would you say? A, a couple of weeks into it, it's probably. Yeah, I would say I think I think it's like a week since we went into sort of police lockdown. I think that <laughs> police <was>, lockdown. <laughs> I think that was the Monday a week ago, and I think it's about two weeks till they said seriously, don't leave your house, or we'll have to do something more serious. 
So yeah, come I, on, stop, stop being silly. Stop going yeah. to Richmond Park and being silly, everybody. Oh, yeah, that's right, yeah. Oh. see those pictures on the news. Terrible, absolutely oh, terrible. God, it's unbelievable. So annoying. And you were taking it very seriously already, so you, you must have been annoyed by that too. Yeah, no, I started out quite hardcore about it, and, um, and lots of people told me off for taking it too seriously and saying, right. stop, stop stirring up fear. And Chill out, I was woman. like, guys, just look at the news, look what's <laughs> definitely going to happen. <laughs> but, um, no, it was quite, it was quite frustrating. But I take yeah. no I take no pleasure in being right on this occasion. <laughs> Cassandra, that's that's <laughs> <Yeah>. you. <laughs> you were right all along. Yeah. Well, was when the schools closed, that's what did it for a lot of people. <laughs> that's what yeah. made it feel real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine actually what what you guys have got. What anyone who's sort of got a, a child unexpectedly at home now until perhaps oh, September. Um, maybe forever. <laughs> maybe forever. <laughs> It won't be forever, but it'll be for it'll feel like forever probably for some people. But you're, but you're I mean, in some ways, it's lovely. I, I yeah. do have to look at the bright side because he is so nice to be around. Yeah, he's learning yeah. really quickly, and he's just so charming. Like he's a real little lovely boy. But yeah, it is definitely uh, we definitely miss the school drop off and the school yeah. pick up. Like just those few hours were uh, a little, little bit of bliss, peace, tranquility. You know, you had a little bit of time to yourselves and. Um, yeah, that's that's definitely not not happening anymore. The How last two he? days, uh, he's six. Six, yeah. So the last two days when we were both at home and school was still running, but we knew that it was just about to stop. That mm. was mentally very difficult. <laughs> Getting used to it. Yeah, very very tricky in many ways. Shift, run, stop. I've started doing yoga again, which is great. Cause oh, I had good. a couple of weeks off that, and that's really helpful. I think I'd recommend that to listeners just for sort of controlling your breathing, really. It just calms you yeah. down. And uh, even if that's all it does, you know, I feel like that's helpful that you sort of actually take a minute and slightly recalibrate your body. Um, and it helps with sleep and everything like that. It has done for me. Mm. So the last few days, I've slept so much better. And, that's good. Um, so I'd highly recommend yoga. And, and, and are you do doing it, yoga actually, in the mornings or in the evenings? Um, I. Well, this is the other thing. Mostly in the afternoons, actually. Um, okay. mo- mornings, I'm, I've been quite rubbish. But I think um, I would recommend doing it in the morning because then it sets you up for the day. But hmm. um, the other thing you were asking before uh, before we came on air about um, tips for working from home, because I, I more or less work from home um, a lot. Though I, the thing is, I'm really, really bad at it. And so um, one of the things I realised just today was because uh, like yeah one of the things I'm really missing is just going over to going to a coffee shop or going into town and working in a different environment because I find mm, that really definitely. helps with sort of even just being watched by other people sort of right. <laughs> makes me do more work somehow yeah um, really weird, mental <laughs> just trick. like a level of um, accountability isn't there exactly. like I'm in I'm in public I must is do that, work yes. yeah it's so hard isn't it it works it really works like that so uh, so I'm sure a lot of a lot of people are finding that really hard as well but one thing that I thought of today was um, that I can kind of trick myself by saying that um, if I if I don't start work at a certain time in the morning, like I've I've discovered that if I if I'm not working at like ten a.m., then I probably won't get anything done till like three or four if at all that day. I'll just put it off right. and put it off and mess around. Um, so what I need to do is if I get to nine thirty in the morning and I'm not working yet, um, or, you know, if I'm still not working at ten, then um, I'm not allowed to do any work that day. That's Ooh. that's how I think. So it's like right. That's it. Like a you've cut-off. lost. You've lost that day's work. Now you've got to. You've got to do something else instead. And all you oh can think goodness. about all day is like, oh shit, I should be doing work. I should be doing work. And it's like an extreme punishment that kicks in. That's like, right, sorry, you've missed your chance. You didn't turn up to work, so you can't do any. 
That's um, amazing. Where did, I, you, where did you pick I, this up from? Is, thought, is this an invention this of yours? Yeah, yeah. That's so cool. I was just thinking this morning, like, that, that might just work for me because... Um, yeah, because I get paid by the day, basically, anyway, at the moment. So I'll, I'll invoice for how many days I've done. And there's no fudging it. There's no saying, oh, I started later in the day. I'll give myself, I'll pay a charge for half a day. No, no, not happening. If you don't start at 9.30, that day is a write-off. So you That's just genius. Do. I'll see. I'll let you know if it works. I'm gonna, I, yeah. I only invented it this morning. Um, but we'll see. But, if you um, run out of money after two weeks, it could be a problem. <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. Well, fortunately, I'm not supporting anyone else. So it's, it's like, I, mean, I think, I don't know, do you find that more motivating, knowing that you've got a family to support? I'm so lucky. I mean, I can do my job anywhere. I can, I can do it from the office, I can do it from at home. Uh, mm. Not everyone has that. And you must find the same, that it's just such a, mm. a relief to know that actually there's work to do if you want to do it. And um, having the ability to do it from from home where my family are mm. i mean it's it's really um silly to think of that as a chore like i'm incredibly incredibly lucky to be in that situation whereas mm. if i was uh you know working in a simmons the bakers or you know the local pub or you know there's so many businesses are just going to get am- absolutely trounced by this so yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I do feel very silly saying that it's a it's a difficulty because it's not really like it's just i'm just coming to terms with uh working in a slightly different way and having to be kind on myself and not beat myself up for either working too many hours or not enough hours or, you know, being in the wrong mood while I'm doing it. Like, come on, like, seriously, it's not that bad, is it? You know, I'm, I'm incredibly, incredibly lucky. Yeah, I think that that helps, actually, just that way of thinking about it, just like, actually, you know, this isn't that terrible. And also, I think we we have a kind of a middle class guilt thing of really trying to make ourselves feel terrible all the time about everything and right. there is a point where you have to go the world will be better if i'm in a better mood like i will impact everybody else more positively you know i'll i'll produce better stuff so it's kind of okay to say for the next hour i'm just going to have fun because that will bring right, me nice. in a better position and i'll operate more effectively in the world which will then make yeah, everybody yeah. else happier and stuff so um so i'm trying to encourage that way of thinking as well having again having had a minor epiphany about it and sort of gone oh actually it's kind of fine to just have fun on twitch or it's kind of fine to just enjoy you know doing these kind of like do a creative podcast do something fun um because it does help everyone else the the impact yeah well that's a really good thing and twitch for you is a fun hobby or actual work that pays you or or what (laughs) no i mean i only started a couple of weeks ago i i am um an affiliate though which means that i have uh more than 50 followers so as soon as you have more than 50 followers you can you're in a position where people can give you bits which is like virtual money and i think i think i've had about six pence in bits (laughs) donated so far by my (laughs) my my epic numbers of viewers um but no it's it for me it's like um it's like a sort of night in the pub so the same sort of handful of like 10 to 15 people turn up and chat there are more people that turn up and don't chat i think when i look at the list there's probably about 30 or 40 people but there's sort of 10 to 15 that come along regularly and they're slowly growing um and we just we just chat and look up old computers in my computer book and i read out facts about them um we try try and tie it in so if we play like because i'll play um i'll theme it so we did like a um a night on uh funny games where we played some LucasArts games and then um and then we've done uh some other themes I'm trying to think um, which games then, later which LucasArts games oh sorry yeah we did we played um Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade and that's a good one first monkey island and Luke. <gasps> 
Oh my so goodness! Those, and those three things I, are I packaging. missed these, but I can go back and watch mm. them, can't I? Because of the way that Twitch works, I can you actually can. go and go and enjoy this. The first, I think, the first few are about to expire, but I might be able to. Now I'm affiliated, I might be able to keep them up there. I'm not sure, um, but I'll see see if I can. But um, yeah, it's Twitch.tv forward slash Enemy of Chaos, which is of course my book. Um, because that's my, I suppose, my gaming identity. I thought, oh, I'll call your, it that. Your gamer it's, tag. It makes me feel like a gamer, yeah. Um, it's your then, hacker alias. It's right, yeah. So um, so yesterday's one, we look, the, the computer that we looked up in the book afterwards um, was the Commodore Pet, because... Is, that, is there a dog attacking you? <laughs> it's, <laughs> mercifully, it's, you. it's very close. Mercifully, it's, uh, it's not yet attacking me, but it's, uh, it's in the neighbour's garden. I think he's he's taken against me being in the tranquility tent. I don't think he's I don't think he's keen. He's letting everyone know there's a there's an intruder in your tent. So Bertie's gone quiet now. Bertie's um, shut up. Yeah. So so yesterday we looked up the Commodore Pet on my Twitch channel in my book because uh, we actually had a special guest on the channel and actually you, you should you should come in as a special guest too and I'll keep doing this and I'm going to get LJ Rich in as well and just kind of yeah I want to see friends. LJ yes she she's doing really well talking to her a lot at the moment but yeah um, but yesterday's uh, guest was in Livingstone who actually I remember now has been on the podcast before hasn't he because you interviewed has him been. yeah yes he has been I think it was the hmm, I'm going to check which episode it was but it was the one, one it was like a games conference I think yeah. it was playful. On the first, um, hmm. we should we should probably check that before we say it. But um, <laughs> yeah, Ian Livingstone was a guest, uh, um, one of the one of the first guests, I think, on Shift Stop. He was. He was one that you you were at something, and him and Steve Jackson were there promoting something, I think, and you managed they to were. catch them both and interviewed them, which was amazing. Um, and yeah, it was so so. Ian skyped in, um, and I tested the Skype into Twitch thing, and it worked quite well. Uh, I tested it on Ian Livingstone, the sort of most famous gamer royalty that you know would ever possibly be interviewed. I was like, yeah, let's start at the top with this trial. Um, fortunately, it worked. Co- co-founder of um, Games Workshop, I think, is one right. of his yeah, one of his uh, accolades, isn't it? Co-founder of Games Workshop, um, author of the fighting fantasy books. Um, it, sort of godfather of um, Lara Croft. Uh, he, he was the chairman of IDOS, who produced Tomb Raider. Um, and he he skyped in from his his sort of office, which is a room with a thousand board games in piled up behind him. And that photo um, of oh, that screenshot of yes. him with all of his games and Lara Croft behind him is very impressive. He's got three life size Lara Crofts of, from different eras, and um, <laughs> I think he was a bit embarrassed. I was like, "Can you show us all the Lara Croft?" And he's going, "That there's two Lara Crofts. Let's just carry on." <laughs> we don't, we don't so need to see all of my Lara Crofts. We'll just look at these two. <laughs> I wonder how many there actually were. Maybe he was like, "Let's not see all the Lara Crofts." Um, <laughs> <laughs> there's more than three, and he had a big <laughs> and he had a big model dragon and stuff as well. But. Um, no, he is lovely. Um, so what we might do in this episode now is put some of that chat into this so that we can do double duty on the um, uh, the content and um, people can hear my chat with Ian. Shift, run, stop. Do you find that, because um, you've talked a lot about play as a... Um, a sort of learning tool for children and kind of using them in education. Um, sorry, I keep getting things popping up. Um, do you do you uh, find that play helps you in kind of learning or in your management style or anything else? Do you use it outside of the just you know for game's sake as well? Well, we're we're playful by nature, aren't we? When we arrive in this world, we interact with that world. We learn through play. That's our discovery mechanism, and. Um, 
you know, we never stop learning through play. And it's just that we seem as society think that play has to stop at a certain age. And I think you're never too young to start, never too old to stop. Mm. And play, your sense, is is problem solving, is, is intuitive learning, is um, trial and error, is creativity, is... Um, communal activity uh, and playing board games uh, you know, there's all sorts of wonderful things happening when you're playing a board game you know you're kind of trying to do deals negotiate stabbing people in the back uh, reneging on deals and trying to find the optimum way to succeed and I think that's also reflected in in, in video games so I mentioned earlier, Railroad Tycoon is effectively a management mm. simulation. You're required to build a theme park and build the rides, and so you understand the physics of building those rides, the the economy as you set the pricing level of the rides, um, the staffing levels required, and if you get it wrong, it doesn't matter. You tweak the parameters, and over time, everyone is a winner, whereas in an exam, which is an arbitrary... If you get it right, you're able. If you get it wrong, you're seen as less able. Um, you're kind of punished for making a mistake. But in the game, it encourages you to try again over and over. And we all learn at different rates. Therefore, a game allows that learning over time so everyone can be a winner. Mm. So I think games teaches you in a much more pleasant way that we can all become successful over time given the right incentives. So... I think you're allowed to fail in a safe environment when playing a game. I don't want to get kind of too techy about this and too earnest about it, but I do think that games facilitate a natural learning experience where people feel good about learning and rather than feeling, oh, well, learning's clearly not for me because I'm crap at it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm quite fascinated by you mentioning things like um, uh, ra- Railroad Tycoon these kind of, and the football manager games where the job is the game is really like a job it's just have a job have a go having a job a different one to the one you've got for a while <laughs> it's quite, and the, yeah, those can be some of the most popular games it's like <laughs> well it's learning fun yeah. and also it's learning by doing it adds context a lot of learning in schools is very abstract yeah, um, and a lot of rote learning still so if if you're learning about how to make glass and some person just reads a book and you kind of remember or then forget the next day. But if you play Minecraft and you actually, the child will get silica sand, apply the heat of their furnace to that sand, create glass, put it in their building. And by actually doing it with their own hands, they will really remember that because it gives you a much deeper learning experience. And getting back to the Fighting Frenzy books I used to write, um, they were hugely successful. Got a whole generation of children reading in the 1980s because they were empowering, because they were interactive. They took control and they were deciding their own destiny. They were in control of the action as opposed to being a passive experience in a normal book or watching a film where the director or the author takes control of where you're going to go. The interactive experience allows you to take control. And the books actually raised literacy levels, they improved critical thinking. Is effectively analog hypertext and, and making choices and then doing their own creative writing. And they actually improved literacy levels by nearly 20%. Yet at the time, they were castigated by the media 
because they were a game book. And that word game sends the media into apoplectic frenzy, where I'm thinking that actually games could be good for you. So the Evangelical Alliance published an eight-page warning guide about the book saying, oh, because you're interacting with ghouls and demons, you're bound to get them. Wow. Uh, a worried housewife in deeper suburbia phoned a local radio station and said, having read one of my books, her son levitated. Yeah. <laughs> so the kids thinking, oh, for £1.50? Why? Fantastic. We'll have some of that. The local vicar threatened to chain himself to Penguin Books' gates until they were banned. There were petitions sent in by worried parents. There were magazine articles saying, warning about the dangers of children using their imaginations too much. I mean, this was insane. This is only the 1980s. And yet, children's literacy levels were improved. And then over time, teachers said, oh, well, actually, these are pretty good. They're for reluctant readers, people with short attention span. It's good for them. It's good for creative writing, good for inspiring art. But because it says game book, da -da -da -da, warning sign, mm. trivial, put into the bin of not, not worthy. I'm in computers. I'm in the mainframe. I'm in your headphones. Come shake your tail at me. Um. And if people want to hear more of that, uh, hopefully they can go to your Twitch channel and uh, yeah. see that and more. Uh, I say see because it's more than just an audio medium, isn't it? They can That's actually right. see your little face. I know, you can see my little face. Sometimes like, it goes big as well because I make the, the screen really big so I can show you things and hold them up to the camera and stuff. So um, I'm trying to, yeah. I think the thing is it's just like it's just like a thing to do. You know, when you can't, usually I'm, I sort of go places and I'll go and visit people or I'll get the train somewhere to have a mm. meeting or whatever. I can't do any of that now. So I'm like, ah, yeah, right. what can I do with all my creative energy? So what are, what are you doing with your creative energy, Rue? Are you, are you still really into um, your Lego? Are you making things? You know, you always have lots of interesting projects on the go. Yeah, the Lego has now been inherited by my son. So oh, he course, absolutely yeah. loves the fact that he's got all of this Lego to play with. <laughs> and we've turned over pretty much all of the shelf space in the living room uh, mm. into proper Lego storage so he can get out just the bits that he wants to play with, which is brilliant fun. Oh. Um, it was quite a, quite a moment, actually, like bringing it all out and getting it into the various various uh drawers and cupboards and things so yeah he's he's really really happy with that he's been uh playing minecraft and teaching me some of the intricacies oh, wow. of minecraft which is really good fun mm. um and actually has been going for as long as this podcast has uh minecraft came yeah, out one here, of the, the year on that 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 this, yeah, it's one of the many things <laughs> that started in 2009 uh minecraft is the same age as as we are Layla. episode 27 by the way that was in livingston's episode of oh, well uh, uh, shift right. stop Excellent. So okay. anyone who uh, missed early. that one, uh, yeah, fairly early, not as early as I thought, actually. Mm. Um, but it was um, Game Camp. That was the conference okay. that uh, he, he was in attendance what and I managed to grab it? him. Uh, good question. May 2010. Oh, wow. That was an early one then. We yeah. must have made loads of episodes really quickly. Well, we did one a week and then we slowed down mm. to one a fortnight. So for the first, <laughs> the first few uh, episodes, they're all a bit sort of skewed to happening quite quickly and then they slow down and then uh, i think the last one was two years ago so uh the, the average is decaying yeah it's mad um <laughs> i tell you what though the other thing about twitch like i don't know i don't know if shift run stop will end up as a twitch channel but i was just thinking um 
one thing about it that I think, I think first of all, I think that it will get a lot bigger. Uh, it's already big with gamers, obviously, but I think it will get a lot broader um, mm. as the next few months go on because loads of people are asking about it now and several people have said to me, how do you set, like, I think of three people off the top of my head who've said to me, how do you make a Twitch channel? I want to do one for X, like for some art project or whatever. Um, so I think it's going to get a lot broader. And um, secondly, it it's, in a way, it's a lot, easier to do than a podcast because you're live and you just do you know you have to be on it like you have to be able to keep talking and not say anything too stupid and stuff but um you know you don't have to edit anything and it's done and then you've got your live thing that's just saved there forever so yeah whereas a youtube channel where you might actually make a video and then have to put a huge amount of effort into making it like good and edited and tight like that's um I'm not saying the Twitch stream isn't good. I'm saying there's a lot of effort to edit video. Um, Slightly less to edit audio, but it's still quite hard work. So are you finding that it gives you like a different sort of conversation with people? I mean, obviously they can Mm -hmm. react and they can can ask questions and sort of chip in through the chat. So you've got that feedback loop going on. Yeah, it's really nice, actually. It's, It's really nice to be able to talk to people live and let, you know, just kind of have people on an equal footing I feel, I feel obviously it's not quite an equal footing because you're in kind of in charge but it kind of is in a way because they can say anything <laughs> they're not mm. you know they're unedited and they can just kind of um troll you if they want to um but luckily everyone's been quite nice so far it's very different it's much more um invigorating because it's live so you're, you're just there but I think at the moment it's sort of it's just really it feels really right. It feels like the appropriate thing. It's like everybody, mm. we're all in this together. So let's create something that's really urgent for today that's happening now because tomorrow oh, it's brilliant. not going to be relevant anymore. So, so it feels like the right thing for the moment. But uh, yeah, thinking yeah. about it, I wonder if this kind of thing is now going to take over podcasting. And if it does, then we should take Shift Run Stop to, to live stream. I think sure. our listeners would quite like it if they could uh, chip great, in wouldn't it? Yeah. while we were talking. Yeah, uh, it would. I, I think it could be could be fun actually, and it would take away the stress of editing because we yeah. could just um, record it as is, and then it lives online as a Twitch thing. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm up for trying it. I'm definitely up for trying a. Um, if, you, you mentioned uh, that you're having a few people on, um, yes. on your uh, Twitch channel, and yeah. if you wanted the one with me to be. Uh, a, a shift run stop episode we yes. could do it as an experiment i'd be well up for doing it that'd be brilliant let's do that for sure and then if it works then um yeah maybe we can make a shift run stop twitch channel and see if we can nice. see, if, see if the skype and everything is good enough i'd like it was just about good enough for the in livingstone chat so i think it'll be okay um we can we can make sure that it it's of a good enough quality and also i think people are a bit forgiving of kind of things dropping out and glitches and things messing up um on the live format as well so that'd be really good I'm in computers I'm in the mainframe I'm in your headphones Come shake your tail at me so the, the positive things I've got one two three four five six seven um, and then I I mean there are many but I've stopped at seven uh, number one is fewer smug holiday photos on social media <laughs> which I think is quite nice I've, what's going to happen on Instagram what, what will people do when they can't get their yeah. hot dog legs out anymore what's going to happen I've, I have actually seen still seen some smug holiday photos that are from previous years people are going oh look where I was this time last year <laughs> it's like that's not allowed <laughs> <Come on. laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> You can't just do repeats of smug photos. Um, 
So, sad, sadly, number one has a slight caveat, which is mm. people will just recycle previously smug <laughs> photos. Well, they run out eventually, though. But I was wondering... <laughs> um, um, yeah, I was wondering if there's going to be like a thing, like it's there's a fear of missing out thing, isn't there, on Instagram where you sort of see people having a great time. I wonder what the sort of inverse of that is, like if it's like a pride, if people are going to be proud about staying in or something, it'll be like another. Yeah, it feels like a big um, coming together, doesn't it? Maybe this is one of mm. your seven things, but it feels like we're all in the same boat, which yeah. I really like. Yeah, no, that that is really nice about it. You're right. I didn't actually write that down, but I definitely believe, I definitely um, agree. Um yeah, number two is people forced to be creative through the constraints um, imposed on them. So coming mm. up with new ways to work and new ways to make stuff. And it's quite nice seeing people respond to the challenges. I've seen people like writing notes and holding them in their windows for their neighbours, like asking the names yeah, of their nice. neighbours' cats and stuff like that. That's quite oh, wow. sweet. <laughs> um, Within a couple of days, our street had gone through, you may remember these phases, uh, um, <laughs> gone through the phase of... Um, painting a rainbow and putting it in the window. Did you, did you come across that one? No, I think it was no. beginning of last week or the week right. before. Um, uh, it was very popular on, on the local community WhatsApp groups. It seemed like it wasn't, wasn't just our one. It seemed like it was a bit of a, a, a kind of UK-wide phenomenon, at least. Right. Um, so, yeah, every, everyone had a ra- rainbow in their window in our, in our road. Uh, and then I think the following week or later that week, um, a lot of people lit a candle right. for the NHS, maybe. Didn't seem quite as creative, that one, lighting a candle. Uh, and then the following week, there was definitely uh, getting outside and clapping. There was a particular time when everyone got out and clapped. Again, not not massively creative, not as creative as painting a rainbow, but um, nice little sort of community spirit thing of like we're all we're all doing this thing and we're all uh, slightly, I mean, slightly kitsch in some ways, I suppose. Like these mm. things aren't what I would naturally have done previously, but it <laughs> felt right to join in. It felt right to sort of you know do a do a thing that everyone was doing. Yeah, yeah. No, there's something quite nice about it, isn't there? Um, I yeah I I don't know how I feel about the clapping for the NHS thing because it's, like, it's a bit weird because I, I live on, I don't live on like a cold I live on like a main road so if you're gonna clap you have to stand out in the street like on the main road and just clap at the shops on the other side it's a bit, like, it's a bit odd um, although that is I mean for me that's a positive actually is that now that there are fewer cars around um, I can my house is really quiet now there's no traffic noise because the the street's nice and quiet, so that's one another positive thing. Um, yeah. the, well, the, the uh, quietness is is what I, I hope it's going to be one of your one of your seven things. It's really quiet. There's no yes. planes in the sky. There's no cars on the roads. It's amazing. Yeah. Are you near an airport where you live? I can't remember. Well, I don't want to give cars. listeners the chance right, to triangulate me too carefully, but <laughs> you can see you can see planes taking off from. Well, no, you can see planes that have recently taken off from Luton. Okay, uh, yeah. where I live, and uh, they're not doing that at the moment. Right. Yeah. Well, related to that, my third um, point is that it's better for the environment. Um, I feel like the the world is having a bit of a breather, and that's quite nice. I quite like mm. that everybody's been stuck inside, and it's like it's like when I have these kind of world world days or whatever. It should be world day, stay at home, uh, let the world yeah. have a bit of a breather. So I'm hoping that there'll be a, a commemorative day in the future for the lives lost during uh, COVID-19 where everybody has to do this for a day and just stay inside. We all stay two metres um, apart from everyone. Yeah, yeah, that's of, right, yeah. <laughs> out yeah, of, of respect. Uh, solidarity and respect. Yeah. Um, number four is less waste. Now, I feel like I am uh, trying to work out, um, you know, exactly how much food there is in the house all the time now and um, how much, you know, how, 
what can we actually eat and what can we combine mm. to use things yeah, up. Yeah, that's nice. Um, yeah, you'd, I'm sure that you were always fairly careful, but you would feel pretty terrible about throwing food away now. Yeah, exactly. Um, like just things like fresh, you know, the odd bags of fresh vegetables that you might let, you might throw away after a few, a few days after they're over. You'll now use them for something, or I am anyway, mm-hmm. um, mm. which is really good. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. Rachel, uh, Rachel made a banana loaf uh, this morning, maybe, even, um, and she said, "I've just used the last two bananas. Those last two bananas, they were black, completely <laughs> black. They were not. They were more than ripe. These bananas." Yeah. But, uh, yeah, she was not going to throw them away. We've got yeah. rabbits now as well, so the rabbits uh, uh, take care of most things that, that we won't eat, which is quite good. That's you handy. have to be careful with rabbits, though. There's certain things that you, you would be surprised that they can't eat. You have to always check. We ask Alexa. We say, Alexa, uh, can rabbits eat cauliflower and things like that? And, uh, yeah, she, she always knows. It's very helpful. I hope she's right, but we, we trust Alexa to know, know what we should feed to our rabbit. People think of rabbits as quite straightforward pets, but actually there are loads of things with rabbits, aren't there, that you have They're to know? quite fiddly. Mm. Quite fiddly. We we bought two rabbits, um, and we were told that they were both sisters. Mm. Uh, and it turned out that they were brother and sister, uh-uh. and they were being rather incestuous, rather uh-uh. naughty rabbits. <laughs> so we had to take them to the vet and get the little boy seen to, which was uh, all very stressful because, um, yeah, it was. I mean, this was pre pre lockdown era, yeah. so it was relatively <laughs> relatively relaxed compared to what it would be like now. Trying to find a vet that will <laughs> that will meet you would be. Uh, Oh, I'm sure they still have to work, but yeah, that would, well, I'd feel rather bad about that. We had a, a vet consultation about my dog over FaceTime last week. Um, there we go. They could have just talked me through the procedure. They could have just told me what to do. <laughs> could have done, I could have dealt with it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe watch knife. <laughs> you'll need a very clean scalpel. But the thing with uh, yeah, the consultation I had with my dog, he had an eye infection. And the vet said, OK, I'm going to send you some eye drops for the eye infection, but I'm going to send you some secondary eye, eye drops as well in case he's got um, a uh, like an ulcer in his eye or something. And Ooh, she said, these secondary ones, she said, they're, um, they're like fluorescent yellow stuff and you put oh them goodness. in the eye and if there's an ulcer, it should show up green. So I said, OK, we'll give it a go. Um, and, um, so the vet was having you doing the diagno- diagnostic yeah, uh, yeah, test yeah, exactly. re- remotely. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And not only that, but I, I mentioned it to a friend, uh, two medical friends actually, one who's a doctor and the other one's an optician. And they both said, you can only do that if you have a blue light. Do you have a blue light? Because the blue light <laughs> it's reveals not going to work. And I was like, um, huh. I, I sort of thought about it and they went, yeah, I have loads of blue lights. I've got, I'm an LED artist. <laughs> I've got hundreds of blue lights. So I, I took one of my blue light LED strips and, uh, and held it up to his eye and oh, then wow. um, revealed that there was no ulcer and it's just a, an eye infection, so he's fine. But it was quite. It felt very technical having to do that myself. Yeah, well, you're fun, so. basically an un- unpaid intern at the vet. <laughs> That's right, yeah. <laughs> Doing my own medical hacks. But yes, so the, the final um, three things on my list of positive... Uh, oh, I haven't even done the quiz yet. We'll do that in a minute. Um... The yeah, so less waste, um, lots but not all businesses being forced to realise that their staff can actually work from home. I think that's probably yes. positive for a lot of people. I think this is a very good thing, and I think a lot of companies that could have now will do in future continue to work like this. It's very sensible. Yeah. yeah. Not commuting, not actually you know using the, the earth's resources just yeah. to go to an office where we don't actually have to be. It's uh, yeah, that's very it. helpful. I think so. I think it could be a really good thing. Um, neighbours looking out for one another, which you just mentioned. That's a um, nice one, isn't it? It feels like, you know, everyone um, harks back to the Blitz spirit that nobody yeah. alive can really remember. 
but I think in this country we all sort of want to feel that solidarity with each other and ability to look out for each other. Being unselfish for a change is, is actually really nice. That's right, yeah, I think we're ready for it. Uh, and then the final one, Shift Run Stop is back. We're back! After a two-year hiatus, <laughs> Shift Run Stop is back. Can't promise when the next one will be. Maybe it will be on Twitch, but we it will be, be back. Yeah, if we, um, yeah, let's see how that goes, because it'll be really fun. Hello you, this is Ian Lee, and you're listening to Shift Run Stop on, like, an iPod or maybe a cassette. We have uh, petitioned the Twitter followers to send us some questions or comments for this episode. And they came, they came in, uh, you know, a nice handful, not, not an unworkable <laughs> number of responses, no. which I quite liked. So, start from the bottom. Um, so, Nick Drage... Mm. I, I hope I'm pronouncing Drage correctly, D-R-A-G-E, seems, seems like that's how we would say it, was, says that he was hoping for some kind of snack reviews based on things we've made ourselves or look what I found in the cupboard. Oh, yeah. mm. Our local fish and chip shop, which is really, really good, have started selling um, to uh, direct to, to their um, customers uh, big sacks of potatoes because they oh. buy them in large quantities and they're not getting through them in the way that they used to oh, so they're kind sweet. of opening up their supply chain to their customers which is really That's nice, nice. I, I saw um, when the pubs were all legally closed down the other week um, a pub saying come in with your containers and uh, just take home some beer please so people were just nice. going in with <laughs> take, giant vats take some beer please wow. just empty the barrels because it won't keep yeah <laughs> quite sweet Julian asks, where the hell have you been? Which I think yeah. is quite strong. I mean, you know, we're, we're, we're still here. <laughs> yeah, um, well, yeah, we haven't really been away. We've, you could have, you uh, yeah, you could have let us know if you were that upset about it um, beforehand. No, I'm joking. Yeah, could have um, bought a tape, maybe, you know. <laughs> bought a tape, yeah, you could have supported the cause. <laughs> bought a tape at some point. Maybe you did, Julian. I'm, I'm sorry if you did. <laughs> Cara Moon asks, what does it feel like doing another episode? I'm quite enjoying it. What, what do you think? It feels good. Yeah, it feels good. It, it feels unusual doing it over the telephone, but I think we'll get used to it, won't we? It's nice to be um, making one again. Yeah, I'm enjoying catching up with you as well. It's nice. It's been a long yeah. time. He asked some other things as well. I, I, what do you think? There's, there's more. Um, yeah, I can't remember what else he said. Go, on, go uh, for it. He's, he says, Cara has another question. What are you most looking forward to after the pandemic subsides? Ooh. Which is an optimistic question because it, it assumes that it will subside, which I like. <laughs> it will subside. It's, it's In some places it's subsiding already, so I, I feel... Maybe I feel too optimistic. I feel optimistic about it. Um, most looking forward to... That's a good question, though, isn't it? I think um, being able to go out and kind of work and do things in other places again will be really nice. Um, yeah, definitely. That's the one for me, just just being yeah. able to go and sit in a cafe. Just the the most simple, I mean, it sounds so obvious, but just yeah. the most like basic things that we used to take for granted. Yeah. Those are the things I'm most looking forward to. <laughs> All the things that you now watch in on television and films and think, why, why are they doing that? Why are they, why are they shaking hands? How dare yeah. they? <laughs> I'm looking forward to shaking someone's hand. It's funny how literally everything you watch now feels really out of date. Like, <laughs> it really does. Kind of watching it going, God, remember how people used to go and sit in offices and like pat <laughs> each other on the backs and, you know, this, sit next to each other in restaurants. This happen now. No. <laughs> it's ridiculous. His ancient yeah. history. We got used to it pretty quickly, I think. Mm, yeah. Kara uh, also asks, what have you learnt about yourself during this lockdown? Oh, that's a deep one, isn't it? Um, I don't know. That's, what do you reckon? Have you got an answer to that? 
Yeah, I, I think I've learned things that I already knew. <laughs> I think some <laughs> of my tendencies have come to the surface in ways that I could have predicted. Um, mm. Yeah, I th- I think give me another month. You know, come, mm. <laughs> come back to me when I've had a bit longer to uh, learn things. At the moment, I'm learning that I actually am more... Um, uh, at the moment, I'm learning that I'm less mythan- misanthropic uh, and more um, in need of uh, face-to-face connection with people than I realised I was. Mm. Uh, I used to think I was quite introverted and that I would be quite happy locked away uh, on my own for a long time. It turns mm. out I actually really crave uh, human company and seeing people face-to-face is definitely something I'm, I'm missing. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't have guessed that, actually. Mm. Yeah, no, I understand. I feel like that a little bit as well. I think... Um, I suppose in some ways the opposite of that, that well, not really the opposite, but uh, one thing that I've noticed actually is that I am really, really enjoying how quiet everywhere is. Like to me, mm. that's how the world should be. And it makes me realise that it was actually causing me low level stress all the time, just being in busy situations um, and sort of everything going on. And I actually really yeah, yeah. like that. I, like um, we had to do a drive, uh, quite a long drive just before the proper lockdown came in. And mm. most people were staying in by that point and the roads were quiet and I was just looking at all the houses in the towns we're driving through thinking, I know where everyone is. Like, I know what they're <laughs> doing. I know what they're thinking. Like, this is the first time ever I've understood the world. It's amazing. It's like, yeah, it's the so, world sort of really, really manageable. Smaller again, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah definitely. Sort of and really especially you, you, you live in a city, don't you? Like, you're, yeah, kind Sheffield of on, is not exactly a kind of, a, a kind of village where you might have that feeling even in the, in the 21st century. Mm. Um, but yeah, round round here it's kind of medium sized town, it's not massive. Um it's definitely weird not having noise from the pub nearby. That's quite odd because it's quite comforting hearing like knowing that other people are watching the football and the rugby, which aren't happening either. But you know, when when they were, even if I wasn't watching the sport, knowing that other people were and they were enjoying it was something that I I sort of got a, a nice little sense of pleasure from it's, it's almost the same as being near a cricket ground and hearing the uh the cricket ball being knocked around it's yeah. kind of um it just felt like a nice kind of villagey type feeling so yeah m- missing that but hoping that there'll be some modern day equivalent no doubt including the internet that will <laughs> will make up for it and the last one slipstream jc asks what are the best quarantine snacks um well, we've got Pringles in at the moment. Um, I was about I, to say, I've got some rice Pringles instead oh, of the normal potato-y ones, and they're really good. Are they healthier? Yeah, I recommend or, the, like, what's the reason well, for I'm, the I'm, not, I'm sure they're still <laughs> absolutely packed with fat, but um, <laughs> I think they're, they're just made with uh, rice starch instead of potato starch. Hmm. We should also ask Slipstream JC um, what she recommends as kind of emergency snack food, because she used to be a soldier and is now um, an NHS uh, I believe an ambulance driver, or something like that. Right, yeah. So, yeah, I think that's so right. Yeah. So I, th- I expect she's quite good on the sort of emergency food stuff. So, Jess, if you've got any suggestions, we'll we'll be delighted to hear them, and um, we'll try and get hold of stuff. <laughs> yeah. How should I be replenishing my my body's uh, um, calorific needs? How should I be filling my my uh, my my, uh, my stomach? Yes. Because at the moment, I'm sort of yeah. I mean, sitting next to the fridge all day is. is pretty tricky for me actually i'm certainly <laughs> snacking more than i used to so uh yeah some some tips on uh good nutritious snacks that would keep uh keep me going would definitely be appreciated mm. 
Actually, yeah, I was thinking about that, talking about eating dog treats, that episode of Red Dwarf marooned with the... Um, the yeah, <laughs> that was a brilliant dog episode. That's <laughs> that well be, worth watching that again. Would, that would be worth watching at the moment, wouldn't it? That's totally, a great episode. Totally relevant. <laughs> I watched uh, Contagion, uh, which is a spookily oh, yeah. accurate um, depiction of what a global mm. pandemic looks like. Oh, God. Um, and it, con- it includes... Um, uh, you know, information about R zero and or R naught, how you pronounce yeah. that that particular little bit of science. Yeah, um, it's, it's really good. Mm. If you haven't watched it recently, I'd I'd highly recommend watching Contagion. I, have, I don't think I've ever seen it, so um, I'll I'll see. Yeah, I'll I'll work out if I'm emotionally um, in the right place to watch it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, if it's, I'm ready. <laughs> if I'm feeling strong, <laughs> it, it, it could be a tricky watch. Um, it's worth watching it for the things that they don't get right. Right. So it's really accurate. There's a load of good science, and and they've clearly researched the subject really well. But halfway through the film, more, more than halfway through the film, we're now deep in kind of pandemic mode. Every, everything is is everywhere, and millions of people have died worldwide. Like it's, it's already gone really, really serious. Mm. But um, there's there's people at the airport, and they're just sort of milling around mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> quite close to each other. There's, there's a lot of people being much closer to each other than they need to be. Type yeah. uh, type scenes in it. Yeah, it needs needs revisiting now that we know what it actually looks like when uh, when we have this this kind of situation that's interesting i bet there'll be like i was thinking that there'll be no films next year like all the films have been you know there's nothing being filmed anymore there's nothing being made um, the films next year will be films that they had already basically finished filming yeah now. exactly and the, films the year after that <laughs> might we'll, be made quickly or we'll see what happens we'll all be about the pandemic in some way um, <laughs> oh god they don't seem to be they will be so i think you uh, you, you might have prepared a quiz for us later i have i have got a quiz for you um, so what we can do is, I guess, leave um, a gap to allow the listener to uh, to answer either out loud or in their head before you do. So we can do yes. it that way. Okay. And as as before, <laughs> do this properly. Like if you're listening at home, don't just fool yourself into thinking that you got it right. Actually, make sure that you've got this locked in. You know what your answer is, and then compare it. It's very important. It's not just it's a very, game. It's very important. <laughs> It really annoys me when I do it, when I'm watching something on telly and I, um, and I, I convince myself that I got the right answer, but I didn't really. Um, so, quarantine quiz. So there are only six questions and I, I don't think they're very difficult, but I know that sometimes you, like me, um, that can't think of actors' names and stuff on the spot very quickly. So <laughs> that's that's you, definitely a thing. You, you I, need, <laughs> I need IMDb to be any good at that. You you can feel free to say it's isn't it so and so from that thing and that, then that I'll, other thing I'll, that one I'll oh that you. one yeah okay yeah. good well, that's good I'll get I'll get a lot of half marks <laughs> I expect so question one what was the name and species of the hand puppet in the quarantine episode of Red Dwarf as in the episode called Quarantine I think I'm going to get full marks on this one <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to confidently state that the penguin yeah uh, that was a, a puppet that he had on his hand uh, was called Mr. Flibble. That's correct. Perfect. Yes! My red dwarf knowledge is still strong. (laughs) I thought I'd start with an early one, an easy one. Um, Number two, it's the same episode. Do you remember how they escape from quarantine? I believe... Uh, wait, wait for listeners to uh, think about it Sorry, for themselves yes. for a second. I yeah. believe no, that was that was uh, me jumping in very, very quickly because I'm quite smug about the fact that I believe that they use the luck virus yes, to well instigate a, an unlikely sequence of events that leads them to getting out, including typing a very long uh, entry code number. Yes, 
Exactly. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if I would have remembered that, to be honest. I had to. I, I was reading about the quarantine episode and trying to think of questions. Um, it's a good episode. It is a good episode, isn't it? Um, and also, yeah, Marooned is similarly about them being stuck with um, without <laughs> without much um, to eat or anything. So that's also a really good one to watch at the moment. Of the two, um, mm. I mean, they're, they're, they're different, very, very yeah. different episodes. But of the two, uh, if you could only watch one, like mm. if, if you had the ability to own one of these on dvd in the future when netflix is is banned <laughs> for various reasons um which one would you would you go for Marooned. if you could only hold on to one yeah me too yeah, it's Marooned. a really good one yeah yep. Qu- quarantine's a you know beginner's choice really isn't it with mr flibble and everyone loves mr flibble but um, Marooned, it gets more of that kind of lister uh lister having fun and then feeling bad about life and yeah, it's, it's, it's got some classic rumor in it it's oh, it's very it's good like, it's like waiting for Godot. it's like a play it's amazing yep. yeah it's so beautiful um, yeah. But um, but yeah. Again, one of my great frustrations with really good episodes of Red Dwarf, you can't get any of them as um, like reaction gifts. All the gifts are like Mr. Flibble and you know the sort of um, the cartoony stuff and the sensitive like important character development things don't turn up as uh, reaction gifts on Twitter. So I can't use those references. <laughs> the really the really serious heart rending stuff doesn't doesn't get no, used on. Funnily Giffy. enough, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Um, right question three in the 2002 david fincher movie panic room yes who plays and this is obviously you can see where i'm going with the kind of quarantine theme i like it who plays jodie foster's daughter oh i don't know i vaguely remember the film um if you'd asked me who directed it i would have been very pleased that i i would have known it was david fincher Mm. it's got some really good visual effects in it um jodie foster's daughter no i'm afraid I would absolutely be guessing. I mean, I I would, not, I'm not entirely confident. I would have known that Jodie Foster was in it. To be honest with you, um, <laughs> right. so who played her daughter? It was Kristen Stewart from Twilight. Really? Yeah, when she was like a breakthrough role, and she had sort of short blonde wow. hair and looked quite different. I did not know that. I know. It's, was it it's quite, quite a long time before before Twilight even? Well, Twilight was probably 2006 or something, wasn't it? So it was a few years before. She was probably a teenager at the time. Um, yeah, because wow. she was supposed to be quite young, wasn't she? She was only supposed to be about 12 or 13, I think, in, in Panic Room. Oh, you, may, you don't remember because you don't even remember that Jodie Foster was in it. So number four, um, what's the name of, Char- of the Charlton Heston film in which he plays the only known survivor of a biowarfare catalyzed plague? Well, I'm going to guess that Charlton Heston, uh, obviously he's been a lot of things, but I'm going to guess that the reference here is to Planet of the Apes. It's not, actually. What? Um, it's a good guess, though. Oh, come on. Surely he was in Planet <laughs> of the Apes. Because um, that was like he a was. that was a monkey plague, wasn't it? Um, I mean, it was a plague of some sort that wiped out <laughs> the humans and the monkeys remained. And, <laughs> kind you know, of plague. Spoilers. I think there was a... I, think there was I, a, don't, I don't know. Mm, you might be okay. right. I can't remember. I'm going to try again. Okay, I'm going to go away from the, uh, the uh, era-correct um, wrong avenue of... Uh, Planet of the Apes. What else has Charlton Heston been in? Hmm. Hmm. Been a lot of films. I think you'll know um, when I say it. Is there a clue, maybe? Um, it's um, it's a Greek alphabet term. Like a sciencey one. Um, yeah. It's got a, sci- a sciencey name, like yeah. Um, like the Omega something, the Omega Files. It, it, yeah, you're really on the right lines. I'm surprised you. Haven't said it. <laughs> uh, the it's not that then. It's like that, but not that. It's very close to that. Oh God! 
uh, I mean, it's going to annoy me, obviously. Um, I don't know, Leila. I give it's, up. It's just, it's the Omega Man. The Omega, the Omega Man. Man, not Files. Yeah, no. you see, I, I'm not sure I've seen it, but I, I yeah, I knew where you were going. I, I need to watch it, obviously. Is it good? Is it good? Uh, not, not as good as the sequels, the Omega 3 Man and the Omega 6 Man. <laughs> 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 but, still, <laughs> but still worth watching. Um, oh, so, um, number five. I, don't, I didn't know the answer to this one, so um, I don't. if you do, then I'll be impressed. Um, what is the name? Listeners will know, which is why I put it in. What is the name of Mila Jovovich's character in Resident Evil? I definitely don't know. I mean, it's a game before it's a film. Mm. I think it has been a not very good film. Um, I'm I'm thinking about the film, but I don't know if the character's name is the same in the game as well. It might be. Yeah. It should be really, shouldn't it? Don't know. In don't the, know. Not. So in the film, the character is called Alice. Um, okay. But um, listeners, I'm sure some listeners know that. And finally, easy one, hopefully, given you're good at directors. Uh, who directed pandemic time travel movie 12 Monkeys? And who remembered that it was a pandemic time travel movie? I didn't. Oh, um, it is a time travel movie and it's a pandemic movie. It's a very good one. And it's based on a French film called La Jette, which oh, is, yes. that's got to be worth an extra point. Yeah, um, you can have a point for that. I think it's Terry Gilliam. I think it's it uh, is, it is. beloved Monty Python, American filmmaking animator chap, Terry Gilliam. It is. Perfect. So I'm just adding up your score. You got uh, one, two, um, you got three out of six, which is not bad, actually. That's better than last um, time. I think the last time we did a, a quiz, I was absolutely horrendous. <laughs> Lee was quite embarrassed for me that I didn't know. I think the, the thing that really stood out to him was that I didn't know uh, the sequence of events in um, the Alien universe and the fact that I thought Prometheus was a sequel rather than a prequel was very oh, yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have also got, as a, a bonus thing, um, which is sort of quarantine-themed, if listeners are interested, um, I've got some things... I, th- I feel like I'm just in kind of quarantine mania now, and maybe everything just seems really funny, but I was looking at the... Uh, in, when I was writing this quiz, I was looking at the X-Files IMDb pages, and um, I started reading the IMDb page for the X-Files episode. I don't know if you remember this episode, Rue, but... where they're trapped on a kind of old warship and um, they have some kind of ageing disease and they both age really rapidly and it's quite frightening and they have this kind of ageing I don't think I got this far in in, uh, X-Files. Right, I I don't remember which um, series it is, um, but it's quite... It's quite a sort of a little bit like Marooned. It's quite a sort of character-driven one with the with mm. them just trapped on the boat together, and it's quite sad and quite frightening. Anyway, it's it's quite a profound episode in some ways. I, I would say. Um, Does it have any giffy gif reactions? About uh, it, probably not. No, I bet it doesn't. For that reason, yeah. <laughs> Maybe it should. <laughs> exactly. But what it does have is a very, very funny goofs page on IMDb. And I was <laughs> okay. reading the goofs. Um, and um, it it's just made me laugh so much. So um, prepare to... Um, I, don't, I, don't know if, I don't know if this is funny to any, especially if you don't know the episode. But, so. Hold on to your side. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Brace yourself. It's the best <laughs> setup for any sort of comedy. is like, let's, let's just be ready be for just, just how funny I heard it. I found this when I heard it the first time. So there are only... Uh, yeah, there are only four, so let's make them last. Um, 
when so again it's about Mulder and Scully trapped on a boat um uh, stricken with an aging disease so they're both aging at an accelerated rate in the when, x-files you say yes yeah um i can't remember the name of the episode though so <laughs> you have to go and find it when Mulder, so this is the first when Mulder lists the, the ships that had gone missing he mm. says a royal navy battleship left leeds Leeds is a landlocked city in Yorkshire. <laughs> that's quite funny. I can see why that would tickle you because it, yeah. that's sort of it's in your neck of the woods. Exactly. Sheffield yeah. and Leeds aren't a million miles away. They're not. It's, that amused me a lot. Sheffield um, is on the sea and Leeds isn't. I think Sheffield is not on the sea. Oh, it is on the sea. It's famous for making ships. Of course, it's got to be on the sea. It's not on the sea. How does it make ships if it's not on the water? How sweet. Um, no, we're we're um, in the middle. We're next to the Peak District, Sheffield. So we're on a canal. Um, you, which is, this is what you tell me. But how? But how? I mean, it's isn't not famous Sheffield... for ships. No, no. Oh, it's, it's steel, steel, isn't it? It's the steel, steel that then gets used in the ships. Fair yeah, enough. Yeah. So right, I take it back. We're a bit further up the production line. Liverpool is on the sea. That's right. Liverpool yeah, okay. is on the sea. Liverpool okay, docks. Okay. Good. Um, yeah, my geography is very poor. I, if you'd asked me to draw Sheffield on a map, I would have got that quite wrong. Well, it would my, have been on. My, next to the water. Well, that would have been really interesting. We should do we should do that on uh, Twitch. <laughs> Let's do it on Twitch on video. It'd be humiliating. Very <laughs> no, but we can. Do, you can test me on South East geography and Southampton and stuff because I'll be very bad at that because I always think like Wiltshire's somewhere it isn't, and I don't really know where any of those places we'll are. Do, uh, home counties versus the uh, the northern oh, counties. Yeah, we should totally do that. We could draw maps. It'd be really funny. Um, okay, um, right. Mulder hands Scully a sample of urine, presumably from him. <laughs> Already quite funny. Um, there, appears, <laughs> there appears to be only a few millilitres in the sample container, yet a moment later, when Scully goes to her lab table, there is suddenly a lot more in the container. <laughs> well, speaking as a man who occasionally has to urinate, I think it's really hard to do a very small wee. I think he almost certainly would have done a bigger wee and then decanted a small quantity of it for her. So no doubt he had a bigger one... That, he, that wasn't on, on screen. It must be quite, quite hard to turn the tap off. Um, oh, exactly. You just do a little wee and then stop, especially if you need to go. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. The, the goose page is making all sorts of assumptions here. OK, number three of four. When Scully made water, in quotes, for her and Mulder, she used the water from a snow globe. However, snow globes contain antifreeze, which would have been toxic to them so, I mean, there's another use of the phrase "making water," which is to to, to mixturate or, or urinate. Right. Um, but obviously, they don't mean that. They mean no. when when they say "make water," um, what, what happens in the episode? She has to like prepare some some I, refreshment for. I get, uh, yeah, I guess they're running out of supplies, so she just ah. created some water out of, uh, or maybe she made it out using some kind of chemist skill, um, de- <laughs> okay. decan- like uh, decant. What's it called? Uh, distilling. Maybe she distilled it from the antifreeze in the, yeah. in the snow globe. Well, I think some snow globes don't even have uh, water. They might have like a sort of glycerol, glycerin style, yeah, yeah. gloopy liquid, and you wouldn't you wouldn't want to drink that. You wouldn't. No, it wouldn't do any good. Um, well, yeah, tune in again to the next episode where we end up drinking the glycerin out of snow globes <laughs> because there's no water. That's all that's left in our houses. <laughs> um, when the medical examiner at Bethesda uh, Naval Medical Centre removes... Bethesda, I think. Ah, right, you might be right. I, I only know this because it's where JFK was sent after he was assassinated. Oh, I love that you know that. I, I, no, that's a no, true fact. He went Excellent. to Bethesda Naval Base. I can't mm. tell you where it was, but... Um, it's uh, yeah, it's the thing. It's That's it's um, if it hasn't come up 
in another episode of X Files, I'd be amazed. It probably has. They like to reuse their locations and stuff. Um, so, yeah, when the medical examiner at Bethesda Naval Medical Centre removes the sheet off the corpse of the first thug, it briefly reveals that he is still wearing boxer shorts. <laughs> <laughs> got, the the really thugs amazing. have to have their dignity, even in death. <laughs> can't just go denuding them, well, parading yeah. them around for the entire world to see. I don't know why that's a goof um, that he should be wearing... But, uh, yeah, I don't know. He's still wearing boxer shorts. Somebody was disappointed. Somebody was hovering over the pause button. (laughs) Briefly Mm. reveals as well, like, how much of a fraction of a second was it? (laughs) He had to pause to see that. The the, the Blu-ray really shows it in all its its definition. (sighs) So, yeah, that's that's it, yes. That was good good content. Well done. (laughs) Thanks. Well, Layla, I thoroughly enjoyed that. Uh, thank you ever so much for for um, your quizzes and your mm, your goofs you. and your uh, all your all your ways, all your things. Oh, thank you for um, thank you for your tent and uh, your barking dog. <laughs> barking dog, the, uh, the 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 birds uh, overhead mm. been quite pleasant. Um, yeah, it's been been quite nice actually mm. sitting outside. So nice nice mild afternoon. Um, I will save our snacks for when we get together again very soon over Twitch and we can yeah. do an Easter special. That'd be very good fun. That'd be brilliant. Yeah, let's definitely do that. Um, okay, uh, so do, how do we usually end these episodes? <laughs> we <laughs> normally <laughs> ask, our, ask our guests to say goodbye. Right. Um, so, I mean, one thing worth mentioning mm. in case people uh, are tuning in for the very first time is uh, this this long-running uh, podcast has been going going for a few years now. There's some, a few back episodes uh, that you might enjoy listening to. Guys, it's been going for something like 11 years <laughs> since <laughs> just, we started in 2009. Go back and listen to the older ones. They're, they're, they're quite good fun. Um, and if you want to say hello to us on Tinternets, we are mm. Shift Run Stop on Twitter. Yeah. And um, I think something else as well. Uh, there's no, normally another thing that we have at that point. What do, you, do, you, do you remember the email address? We uh, oh, um, <laughs> uh, it's probably linked from the website, isn't it? Do you remember yeah, the website address? Go to the website. Go to shiftrunstop.co.uk, <laughs> and everything you might possibly need, including a lot of Russian spam comments, are there. Yeah. A- and anything that might no, be needed for you. That's not great. Also, I mean, if you if you if you're a true <laughs> listener and you've listened to enough of the episodes, then you will be reminded of Shift Run Stop every time you turn on Radio Four because. Most of the people that we've had on um, are either like pundits on Radio Four now, or like um, actual presenters, or reading the shipping forecast, or <laughs> like reading the news. Like we've just been through everyone, so um, it's been brilliant. But it's I, I definitely think about Shift Run Stop every day because there's always somebody that I've interviewed or met on on the you radio when I turn it yeah, on. Yeah, you can't you can't miss uh, the cultural influence that Shift Run Stop. <laughs> Uh, has had. I think we were the launch pad for all of their all of these uh, like we careers. We, we got them really early on, didn't we? Before they yeah, were... exactly. <laughs> Big because of us, uh, not because we spotted an innate talent. <laughs> Naomi Alderman, for example, uh, mm. she she wrote a book, and it turns out that it was one of Barack Obama's favourite books last year. That's very cool. That's I feel, amazing. I feel that we had an influence on that somehow. I mean, she met me, and then she wrote a book about how uh, women need to use their power to take over the world and I, I can only only say that <laughs> if she hadn't met me she might not have been so inspired <laughs> yeah maybe that's why that's why it happened <laughs> um, they've all gone on to great things like we I think we were talking about um inside number nine last probably last time we recorded two years ago and they they've since done more seasons of inside number nine they've just finished which have another been one. Um, absolutely brilliant the most recent yeah. series of that was amazing it was um so the the 
the reason I'm mentioning that is because the producer is Adam Tandy, who's been on this podcast. He's one, I think he was our first guest, wasn't he? Or one of our I think very he was first our first guests. guest, yeah. Very, very good first episode. Any, mm. any podcast, I think, uh, you can tell whether it's going to be any good by uh, <laughs> what the first episode is like. And uh, that one, I think, holds its own very well. Oh. I think it's well worth going back and listening to that if you've not heard it. hope everyone's okay and um you know if anyone wants to chat then you can talk to us on twitter and stuff like that and we'll we'll be around and hopefully we'll have some kind of live stream thing soon that you can chat to us on too um but yeah don't don't be um alone at the moment because it's hard enough as it is i'm in the ether come shake your tail at me That was Shift Run Stop, available on iTunes or from the website shiftrunstop.co.uk.